Welcome. Uh, I'm Paul Tizard. I'm the creator of the Overcome Your Fear of Flying in 30 Days program. And also my background for those who I've ne never met before, I set up and ran the Virgin Flying Without Fear program. From the moment I started the courses, I was learning and I started to think about what is it that makes people fearful of flying and what can they do about it? And over the years, I've seen thousands of people just like you do something about their fear of flying. So you're in a good place. Uh, one of the things that occurred to me over the years is actually there are some fundamentals that are in place that can be talked about and looked at. And I've got a lot to say about that. And in the two books I've written around fear of flying, my recent one, which is called Helping You to Overcome Fear of Flying, which, by the way, you can get for free. Please don't buy it on Amazon. It's a ripoff. Uh, you can get a free copy if you go to paultizard.co.uk. I'll mention that again at the end. And you get a free download there, should you choose to do so. And that will certainly help you get going towards beating your fear of flying. So today I'm going to talk about the five pillars, five pillars that underpin fear of flying. And these are ideas that I've had for quite a while now, but they're just really in the last year, writing the book does help with this, by the way. It's just helped me to really think, what is it that's underneath it? So a few ideas, but some new ones as well, which I've really like to expand upon more so than I do in the book. So the first thing I wanna say about this before I get into the five pillars, the big buildup is, why do you want to get rid of your fear of flying? And some people have said to me, I can't believe that you're trying to help people who are scared of flying when we can't actually fly anywhere because there's a pandemic on. And firstly, I had noticed. And secondly, flying has not gone away. It's going to come back. So now is as good a time as any to be thinking about it in a more positive way. What can I actually do about this? What can I do to start to address this fear as part of a process so that uh, you know, when flights come back, and you can't fly right now, by the way, and there's a lot of COVID safe th practices in place, which I've talked about on blogs and things like that, but a lot of people don't want to because they're kind of putting it off. They're not sure what's going to happen with the quarantine thing. But I think now is as good a time as any to be looking at beating your fear of flying. Now, something I know about fear of flying is that it is, when it gets hold of you, to get over it is a process and it takes a different amount of time for different people. So one of the things I'd like to reassure you is that whatever point you're at in terms of your fear of flying journey, it's not too late. As long as there's, there's life, there's hope, as they say in that really cheesy way. If there's life, there's hope. So in other words, even if you have got over the fear of flying and then you suddenly had a bit of a blip, I know some people that are on this uh, today will be listening thinking that's exactly what's happened to me I've done really well and now I've kind of come back again now the thing is with the fear of flying is it's like a, a habit that we get into and, and habitual thinking and patterns of behavior that if they repeat they become really strong and they take a hold and it can feel quite hard to shake them off you know but the good news is that well when we get to the five fillers I'll tell you what the good news is hopefully there will be some by then just got to try and remember what they are. Uh, the good news is that all of this you can do something about. The five pillars. So let me rewind again. 
why do you want to beat the fear of flying? Because what's in it for you? What's in it for you? So it's a very simple question, but as a coach, it's a really obvious one. Why are you going towards the fear of flying? Why is it that you want to beat your fear of flying? Ostensibly, it's like that word, it can feel like that actually there's everything to gain. You know, I get to travel, I get to, oh, you know, if I, if I, I can fly, I can take those trips, I can do those last minute hen and stag weekends and those business perks and, you know, it feels like there's so much going for it. So why do we then resist it? Because we also have to give up certain things when we beat a fear of flying. So we have to then start to talk about ourselves differently. We have to think differently. We have to perhaps go towards the very thing which up until then has scared the bejesus out of us. So it's, it's worth thinking about this. So for as much reason as there is to go towards this thing, there's also some things in place which are stopping you and making you want to sort of hold on to the fear because you think, oh, crikey, you know, I just don't feel safe. I don't need to fly. You know, what's, you know not everyone's flying. They don't need to fly. It's not environmentally friendly and all these sort of things that we'll say to ourselves. You know, this is all quite normal, by the way. And over the years of seeing lots of normal people like you, I've noticed this time and time again. Now, something for those who've never met me before, I do keep quite a light tone about this because I don't think there's anything wrong with you actually well I haven't met some of you so I might suspend judgment but there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you you are professional intelligent normal humans that have got into some bad habits or some unhelpful thinking or behavior patterns and so in terms of could you do something differently about this yes you could but there's nothing fundamentally wrong with you. So the, you're not weird, you're not crazy or any of these things. You've just got into some bad habits. So I approach the way that I work with people who have fear of flying and treat you as, like, as normal people that have just got into some, some unhelpful habits. And, and I also believe that fear, fear of whatever, is pretty similar actually whatever the fear is it doesn't really matter and i've talked about this before many times is that when you develop a fear of flying it's a specific fear and quite often when people have a fear of flying they can be quite precious about it and you can't you can't suggest or say anything because they're like how dare you be light-hearted about this debilitating life-changing fear and i'm doing it out of respect because i think when you have a fear you need support and you also need challenge so you need to be poked you need somebody to say to you the things that perhaps you wouldn't say to yourself and your friends will not say it to you because they're too busy supporting you so i'm going to go through the five pillars and i keep banging on about these and we're eight minutes in you still haven't mentioned them the last thing i want to say is what's the impact on you for not facing the fear of flying. What is the impact on you? So I've got three types of questions here. And I'd really like you to think about these because they are critical. What has been the impact of not flying in the past on you, your relatives, friends, work, etc.? What has been the impact of not flying with comfort and ease? 
what's the impact right now? Well, bugger all makes can't go anywhere anyway. Yeah, but you know, normally, what is the impact right now? So is it is it something that you're thinking about? Is it something that's holding you back in some way? Is it giving you nightmares? Is it affecting your future choices? Okay, what's the impact right now? And what will be the impact if you nothing if you do nothing different? from this day onwards. So if we we're talking again in a year or two years time and you've done nothing different, what will be the impact of carrying this fear of flying? These are important questions, aren't they? And worth thinking about because sometimes it's easier to think about the pain if I don't do something about this. What's the consequence and the pain for me if I don't address this? And that can be much more powerful than thinking of, oh, I just want to imagine myself on a beach. That isn't enough for some people. Not everyone is that way focused, you know, thinks very much goal, future focused. So it's really important to think about this in terms of what's the impact. So what pain will it reduce if I start flying again? Anyway, the five pillars. Uh, don't really need a drum roll. Okay, there are five of them and they're pillars. And I've called them pillars because they hold up the fear of flying. And if we can kind of look at these and think, these are true actually, if I could do something about each of these, then the fear of flying will crumble. The pillars will be removed. So pillar number one, fear of flying is not innate. Fear of flying is not innate. In other words, you don't arrive into this world scared of flying. You know, you think, well, that's, that's obvious. Well, the good news is, it is obvious. So no one arrives, and as the proud baby is delivered, well done, Mr. Smith, here's your boy. Oh, and he's got fear of flying. That's just not what happens. It's learned. And the great news about that is that if it's a learned thing, that means we can do something about it. So pillar number one, and I think this is a critical one, is that it is not an innate fear. We are born with a few natural fears, you know, like so a baby will, if it feels like it's going to drop, can grab out and it's got that grabbing reef. Not that you should test this, don't test it, okay? Uh, but babies do have that sort of fear of falling type thing or fear of... Anyway, please don't test this. So the idea is that we have a few of these things built into us, but Fear of flying is not one of them. So the good news, again, just to reiterate it, if you're not born with it, that means at some point you learned it. And if you've learned it, you can always learn something else. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, I know. But the idea of this is that if it's learned, then it's a pattern that's happened. And if you can change that pattern and start to learn a new pattern, then the old thing, pattern fear, starts to go. And the one thing I'll say about fear of flying, and I've said it again and again and again, that fear is fear is fear. Okay, so once your brain has decided something that you should be fearful of, it doesn't really matter what it is. That's a, it's a pattern that it gets into. So if you learn anything, if you learn to type, when you go from not being able to type to being able to type, you can be really clunky. Perhaps you're quite fast in your old method, using your two fingers, digits of power. Ooh. But the reality is that when you learn to type, 
you could get much quicker but you actually and it's much more clunky when you first learn and in fact it's harder work to type the new way than it is to do the old way so how does that link into fear of flying is that when you start to learn new ways to think about fear of flying exactly the same thing happens is that you start to feel like this is just hard work I, this is really hard work and I want to say persevere with it because to learn a new habit or pattern takes a bit of effort and time how long about three months so you've got to do consistent effort and also the other thing is that for those of you who've got over the fear of flying and now have kind of it's crept back you are probably just allowing yourself the luxury of some negative thoughts of thinking about flying and then perhaps had been looking at some of those dodgy you know programs that make them big uh things that have gone wrong and that's not helpful because we're feeding the brain with the fear yeah okay so that's pillar number one pillar number two your commercial aviation knowledge probably has some gaps so the reason i mention this is that quite often the fear can be based on incorrect information and so when we know the correct information it makes me feel differently and that's the same about anything so for example at the moment in the media there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on about covid you may have noticed now i don't know how much of that is true now it's not that i'm trying to push some sort of conspiracy theory or anything like that it's just that when i see them any media write about commercial aviation it's often um, what can i put it nonsense there's some stuff which you just think that's not true and even films when they have a film and they portray something that's happened you just think that's just nonsense so when we watch these things we don't know that because we don't have that knowledge at the time so that goes in and it feeds the fear because we then think well that must be true because it was in a film and Nicolas Cage did this thing and you know he's a famous actor they wouldn't portray rubbish but quite often the film depiction of what flying is about is not quite right I mean the closest for me that was pretty good was the the Sully film I thought that was pretty good because it was faithful-ish mostly to the book and I thought that was quite a good example of a real thing that happened and when Hollywood got hold of it they actually did it in a sort of a fairly decent sort of way you know so that one is pretty good it might disturb you but the, you know the thing about that one is when I saw the newspapers that came out the next day, they said a uh, hero crash lands onto the sea or to the river, which anyone in aviation will know that's absolute nonsense because he, he and his co-pilot performed a ditch. A ditching procedure is a practiced plan. Well, you can't practice it, but you practice in the simulator, but it's a planned and known thing. And there's lots of backup things in place that help us to think about what an actual ditching is and some of that is talked about in my program where we talk much more around the safety side of it so it's a planned procedure but when you read the or may have seen the articles quite often it said crashed landed into the, it didn't crash yes he landed and we call it a ditching so it's a procedure that's known and practiced and something that we're prepared to do 
So in the nub of it is this, that commercial aviation has lots of stuff in place. There's no what I'd call single point of failure. We always, always have a backup plan. Okay. Um, pillar number three. So <laughs> some people say this to me, they say, I'm so irrational having a fear of flying. I am so irrational having a fear of flying. And at, at a surface level, you could just go, yes, that's so true. But the reality is you are a rational human being, okay, that has made an incorrect assessment of risk. Okay, so the if if you were to say, right, the chances of having something happen to you on a flight is like 50-50, maybe that's what you think it is, uh, then fair enough, you should be fearful of it. But it, it starts to tiptoe into the irrational when we step back and go, what am I saying to myself? Okay, so the chances of anything happening to me is really, really, really slim. It's so, so remote. So what is it that I'm thinking about it? So the I often say it's not just saying you have an ir irrational fear is not helpful. I think it's more helpful to say I'm a rational human that's made an incorrect assessment of risk. And the assessment of risk is that I'm at per I'm in peril, I'm at threat, and therefore I'm scared. That's what's going on with your brain. Okay, it's a threat. You consider it to be a threat situation. Otherwise, you would have no problem with it. At the end of the day, as we all know, it's means to an end. It's a journey from A to B. But as often, it's easy to say this, but the reason you're on that flight is to go somewhere different, go somewhere interesting, amazing, or whatever. And the journey itself is just a means of transport. It's exceptionally safe means of transport. It is a means of transport. And that's worth holding on to because it's very easy to think, I'm in peril. This will be the one. This is the flight. This is the one. And these are all just unhelpful thought patterns that we can get. These unhelpful thought patterns just hold us back. And so let's just sort of step back from it again. So fear of flying is too simple to just say it's irrational. You are a rational person that has made an incorrect assessment of risk. And when we understand more about what's in place and how safe it actually is, then you can make a correct assessment of risk. But most of us are making that assessment of risk without pillar number two having been met. So, for example, if your knowledge about flying and commercial aviation, especially so, is not correct and has some gaps, then, of course, you're making an assessment with incomplete information. So I would think, get the information. And then what's left after that is what are the unhelpful thoughts and behavior patterns that I'm left with? Okay, so that's, just check my list. That's number three. So number four, as humans, this is the fourth pillar, by the way, we can laugh at ourselves. Well, how can we laugh at ourselves? I mean, I don't know if dogs or other animals are as sentient as this so that they can kind of go oh check me out chasing the postman uh, i'm not sure dogs can do that sort of step back 
but humans can. And this is an amazing thing. We can observe ourselves doing stuff. And it does mean that we can actually, I'm not saying laugh at ourselves, but we can kind of go, why am I doing that? Why am I doing this weird behavior? You know, how helpful is it? And quite often humans are surprised when I'm coaching them to say, if you step back and look at what you're doing and you say that you have to sit at this certain, you know, this certain seat, how, um, how helpful does that sound to you? I mean, the chances of that seat being particularly safer than any other seat, what do you think of the chances of that? And then they can often sort of smile or even be known to laugh. Yeah, both have happened in my presence. Uh, some people can be quite amazed that they go, yeah, why am I doing that? And I say, so this, uh, you won't fly for over four hours. Why is that? Well, I just feel that anything over that's not safe. Okay. <laughs> How's that work then? What happens at one minute past the four hours? Does the pilot just lose it? <sighs> it's too much. <laughs> you know, and, and this is the thing, see, I'm doing this out of respect. We can stop and we can laugh at ourselves. And this is really helpful because if you can observe what you're doing, then you can challenge your... So when we have the, all these thoughts going on, rattling through our head and we think, crikey, what's all this about? You know, what am I thinking? What am I noticing? Oh my God, I don't feel safe. What's that noise? We can observe them because our thoughts are not us, are they? Our thoughts are just like things whizzing around in our head electrical impulses just whizzing around and so they are not us they are just thoughts okay and so the great thing about being a human i don't know if it's true for dogs um i don't know any dogs can't speak dog uh, but for humans we can laugh at ourselves we can step back and go why the hell am i doing that and how helpful is it actually and that's great isn't it? So I think it's really nice to have a bit of a light touch about this and just think, do you know what? It's all right. It's all right. I can laugh at myself. Uh, that's what I used to do. This is what I'm doing now. We can step back and observe what we're doing and critique it. Okay. Humans have that gift. So the last pillar is a bit of an odd one and maybe a little bit more of a serious message. You are being disrespectful to yourself and to others. So let me explain. You are not being respectful of how capable you are and what you can actually do and what your resources are and what you're able to actually conquer. If you think in your life of things that you've overcome, other than the fear of flying, you've probably got some amazing stories because in us, all of us, we have great resources. And this is something that coaches fundamentally believe. And I totally, totally believe this, that you have the resources within yourself to beat the fear of flying and to maintain a non-fear of flying approach to life. OK, you don't believe that. Maybe you do believe it. Hopefully you do. And you're listening in. But you do have the resources and the ability. And so when you have a fear of flying i think you are disrespecting yourself you are writing yourself off and actually you're an amazing human and i know that you could be doing more with the resources you already have okay so that's part one of disrespecting second part you are disrespecting all the people that have gone before you and have died to make commercial aviation safer 
So you are disrespecting all the lessons that have been learned in the past. So commercial aviation is so safe now because many years ago, accidents did happen. And the thing about commercial aviation is we learn from it. And particularly when I think about Matthew Said's book, Black Box Thinking, everything that's ever happened has been learned from, and that's learned globally. And so we learn, we change our procedures, we change the training, we change all sorts, aircraft equipment, because we've learned time and time and time again. So when you are holding on to your fear, you're almost negating all of those lessons that have been paid and we call it tombstone technology or tombstone learning which is a bit dark but I just want to kind of put it into perspective that you're not on some random experimental flight okay you are on a planned carefully monitored backed up procedural government governed flight and every single one of those will take off and land today. The three that actually go today. Uh, but when we get back to normal flying, it's there's so much in place. You be, would be amazed. And it's very reassuring to see all these things. And perhaps you've only seen a little snippet of them as a customer going through. You just see what you see. But if you could see what we are privileged to see, there's so much going on in the background. You would be flabbergasted okay so and the reason it's so safe and the reason there's so much going on in the background is because we've learned the hard way many years ago 40 50 years ago we were making mistakes in aviation that just won't happen again because we've learned and we always learn and on the very very occasional and i mean very occasional time that something happens which is tragic we learn from it okay there's, but there's so much in place now can you say that about any other journey? So when we have to put it into the balance of probabilities in terms of what will happen to you when you fly, it's really, really slim. And the thing is, life is about living, isn't it? Being able to make choices with your life. And so holding yourself back with the fear of flying robs you of choices and all the people that still currently love you. So that's the end of that. If you want to find out a little bit more about some of the stuff that we do and you want a nice, easy way to get your head around some of these ideas, please download my book, which you can get at paultizard.co.uk. That's paultizard.co.uk. There's a free copy there. It's a tenner on Amazon, but uh, don't buy it. Get it for free. Download it. And there's lots more stuff in there that will help you and for you to think about going forward. Now, if you've got any questions that this talk has prompted and you think you left something a bit open there and I really need to know, drop me an email, paul at lovefly.co.uk, paul at lovefly.co.uk. And I will answer those questions uh, pretty swiftly, actually, because I've got no life because I'm basically stuck in the house all the time. So send me your questions. I'd love to get them because basically right now, any contact, I just des desperate. Yeah, so I'm lonely. No, no, I'm not. I'm ex you know, extremely popular with loads of people that, no, I'm not. So send me through your emails, download the book. If there's anything that you can do uh, in the meantime to help yourself, I think is a good thing. And if there's anything I can do in the meantime to help yourself, please just let me know. And I just want to say thank you very much for listening. 
and I look forward to talking to you in the next session. And until then, take care.